Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and I'm delighted to say that the phone-in show is back. We're going to be taking your calls. We're going to be taking your thoughts, your questions uh, all throughout this next hour. Can't wait to get stuck into some of you guys' opinions as well. I want to know, do you think Arsenal can actually win the Premier League? Is it time to start dreaming? Or do we have to just curb that enthusiasm just a little bit? Do we have to just curb that expectation for the time being? Because it is still very much early days, of course, just 14 games in, but things are looking good. There's no question about that. We've got plenty of you in the live chat, which is amazing. Great to see so many of you with us. Um, In order to prevent this show being me literally talking by myself, um, when I've advertised it as a phone-in, that would be pretty embarrassing, wouldn't it? I need to get as many of you guys on as possible within the next hour. So I'm going to give you all a few minutes each, and we'll try and get through as many calls as we possibly can. If you want to join, the link is pinned in the live chat. So if you go into the live chat on YouTube, right at the top, you'll see pinned uh, the link, and you can click and join in and join me for some Arsenal talk. Uh, let's say a few hellos to people in the live chat while we give... Uh, those of you uh, backstage, just a minute to prepare yourselves and then I'll be bringing you uh, in. Let's say hello to Henry, to Seb, to Richie, to Alex, to Dez. Uh, Dez has turned up to Alex, uh, to Mohammed, to Vlad, uh, to Simpy, to Craig, to Tom. Uh, who else have we got with us? We've got Nav, we've got Trevor, we've got Gangle, we've got Mafia Boss, we've got Mark Adesola, Dave. Brilliant to see so many of you, as I say, in the live chat. OK, let's go to our first caller. Let's bring in uh, Mohammed Iraqi, one of our regulars. Uh, Mohammed joining us from Palestine live. How are you, my friend? Welcome back to the show. Hi, Harry. Hi, how are you? At last, long time. It's long time since I talked with you. <laughs> it's been a while. It has. You're, you're absolutely right. And that is completely my fault. Nobody else's. Um, work has been crazy. Work has been nuts. And I've not been able to do as many of these shows as I'd like. But here we are. And uh, this is you guys' opportunity. But your work, your, your work is great. You are a professional journalist. I enjoy uh, follow you. So uh, always my greeting uh, to you to be successful and waiting for these chances to have a chat with you, my friend. Thank you so much, Mohammed. So let me ask you first then. Tell me, can Arsenal win the Premier League this season? Look, Harry, you know me, I'm realistic enough to analyse Arsenal and the situation of the Premier League and our rivals as it is. Now we are competing for the title, no shadow of a doubt with Manchester City, but in order for Arsenal to continue uh, competing for the title till the last metres, till the end, I think many conditions must happen. First of all, for me, from my vision, the January schedule... Uh, if our results were to be positive and entering February with a, a very positive results, to bear in mind, we will face West Ham at the end of December, then Newcastle, then Spurs, then United, then Brighton. For me, those five matches are a big test for us. If our results in these matches, in, in all the uh, press schedule in January, were positive and entering February... This is uh, one condition. The other, the uh, January or transfer window. I think it's very important for us not to repeat the same mistake as last season, not to reinforce in uh, January. We need two 
very good players to add so, depth and quality. What positions yes. would you be looking to add in, Mohamed? If you mentioned two players there, what are the two positions for you that need the most work? It's obvious, Harry. A winger and a midfielder. And I was asked about Ido. I think I, I, I said Ido uh, has done a very good job. But for me, until now, I'm angry about job not done in the last summer transfer window. We didn't add the needed winger or a midfielder, I think, or at least one of them. I think it's a failure. Uh, although we are now a very, very good situation at the top of the league, but we know the season is long. And any injuries to our squad will be very worried for some key players like Partey, like Jesus, like Odgaard, like Saliba, like Gabriel. So uh, not to jeopardize our season, we must be clever and active in the transfer window. And for, for me, the, there are some names, Harry, an opportunity, quality names, uh, not necessarily spending big money on them, but... Um, if, if they will come to our squad, I think they will add the needed depth and quality for me. Uh, I'm fond of Trossard. I think yeah. he's a very, very good player with a needed experience, versatile. He can play both wings and a striker. And his contract will expire at the end of the season with Brighton. Uh, Wilfred Zaha, I think, okay, he's 30, but he's, not, he's now in a very good performance. Uh, it's another opportunity. Considering the midfield, I think we are all know that Arsenal are interested in Danilo uh, from Palmeiras. We will wait uh, this situation. And for me, Telemans is another big, big, big opportunity to jump on in January. So there are many uh, good deals, opportunities. So Arsenal must act, must be clever. To bear in mind also, Harry, that our rivals will spend and will reinforce because this January transfer window is like a summer transfer window. We have the break, 40 days World Cup. All my analysis is that all the teams are now will prepare for this January transfer window, like the summer transfer window. They had the time, and also they played uh, 14 or 15 matches in the league. So they analyzed their squad. What? What? Uh, exactly they need so it will be like a war in the window Arsenal must be there brilliant stuff Mohamed I'm going to let you go mate just so I can get through everybody in time but thank you so much for joining me as always and I'm sure we'll speak again soon thank you Harry see you soon take care mate that was the brilliant Mohamed joining us uh, from Palestine let's move on to our next caller uh, Wilson welcome back to the program mate how are you tell everybody where you're joining us from I'm good. I'm joining from Uxbridge in in northwest London. I'm absolutely buzzing as an Arsenal fan right now because um, I have to say, let's be real, Harry. Let's be real about this right now. You've been the most consistent team this season. We're scoring goals. We're defending properly as well. William Saliba, my word, this guy, it feels like he's a new signing. He's been immense. Gabriel, again, immense. Our midfield in particular have been very good as well. Up front, you know, attacking-wise, we've been, we've been threatening. Like, I think the Gabby Jesus signing has got the best out of Martinelli as well. He's on a different level, completely. Like, and the reason why we're five points clear of Manchester City and way clear of everybody else, because we've been better than everybody else so far. However, where I do feel, however, I do feel going to January, I do feel we need three players. We need a midfielder, we need a winger, we need a striker. Because you know and I know, Harry, that it's a little bit thin at the moment. What if Party gets injured? What if Gabby Jesus gets injured? The drop of between Gabby Jesus and Eddie Nketia is big. It's too big. We need to get like another striker who could bridge the gap. And other positions need to be filled too. Because if we don't do that, Harry, we're going to be short again. Simple as that. Do you, is, it, is it one of those situations though where... So I'm always of the opinion that when you're building something like what Arsenal are building now, you need to bring in the right people. And sometimes there's that trade-off, right? Do you 
leave yourself potentially short. Remember, it's potentially because we're talking about ifs and buts when it comes to yeah. players' injuries. Do you leave yourself potentially short in order to keep that balance within the group and keep that harmony within the group? What what do you place more value on? Is it having more bodies around the place that are capable of coming in or is it having the right people? And at times that's going to leave you a little bit short naturally. Um, oh, that, that's a good question, actually. I would say we need to bring some more players in. It's not just about improving the depth. It's also about improving the quality as well, in my view. Look at Manchester City. It's not just they've got depth. They've got quality players in virtually almost every single position. And that's why they've been competing in multiple competitions for so many years. It's not just about people coming in. It's about the quality, which is the most important thing. If you want to compete, I think we're, and the both of us know that we are in a title race. We are in a title race. Number two, we are title contenders because we've been the most consistent team, the consistency there. And every time when Arsenal are asked a question, we delivered those answers. We delivered almost every single time. And what annoys me, Harry, right? I'm not having to go at you, by the way. Some, it's, it's, it's like every time when Arsenal do something, right, the pundits are so bitter about it. When Man City lost a game against Brentford on the other day, oh, they just shit, they, they just like uh, sugar-coated it. It feels like it's double standards, man. When are they going to put some respect on Arsenal's name, man? It gets my head in. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, right? I, I've been someone who's been a little bit cautious in what I say not because I'm trying to like toe a line or anything like that just because I personally still look at this squad and still think that a lot of the issues that you've pointed out that others have pointed out are are real issues and have the potential to be big problems for us I also don't know what to make of this World Cup you know I'm I'm at the point where I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing you know, you could make arguments for both. You could say, actually, you know, we've been really intense. Things have been really kind of intense throughout. We've had a really busy October, which was crazy. We've come into November. We continued with the exception of a couple of disappointing performances and results that we were able to get away with because of the competitions they were yeah. in. And we kind of need a bit of distance now. We need a bit of, you know, downtime. And, and it will be downtime for a lot of these players because a lot of them aren't going to the World Cup. And the ones that are going to the World Cup, not all of them are necessarily going to be starters. So they might be going and and gaining the experience and being part of training sessions, but won't necessarily be burnt out, hopefully. And and obviously, if you're not playing, the the likelihood of you picking up an injury is less. It's still there in training, but it's less. And so that's the positive side. That's what we could potentially see. The other side is that we could potentially lose key players during the World Cup. And that will have an impact on Arsenal. Thankfully, if that is to happen, we don't have a a big gap between the Premier League coming back and the January window opening. And so we we would hopefully be able to address that and not be left short for too long. But because of the uncertainty around the World Cup and because of the fragilities that I know this squad has, I cannot sit here and say we're going to win the league or that we've even got more than a 50% chance of winning the league. And, And that's for a number of reasons, because of us, but also because of Manchester City. I still believe that Manchester City are the best side in this country. And I think that they will still, you know, manage to put together a run of results. They're the type of team that could put a 15, 16 game run of wins oh, yeah. together. And, and you know, and then you, you, you'll have to see where we are. But I'm just, yeah. I'm, and the other thing as well, just kind of final point. I know this is meant to be for you guys to speak. But final point is that, And I've made this point a couple of times today and I've had sort of people come back at me on it on social media. Normally, when you get to Christmas, you've played about 19 to 20 games. That's normal. That's how it normally is. But of course, because of this season's World Cup and because of where it's left us and how it's affected and impacted the schedule, we're going into Christmas top because we're not playing, but it's only after 14 games. And, you know, if we were six games further down the line, I'd obviously believe more and I'd feel more strongly uh, about where this team are at. But I'm just a little bit cautious because of that as well. Um, If you had to put a percentage on it, chance-wise, of Arsenal winning the league, where are you at today? I mean, at this point in time, it's a tough one. I'll go for 
I'll go for sixty percent. The reason wow. why I'm I'll go for sixty percent. The only reason I've got the forty percent in doubt is first of all, first of all, the, the World Cup's coming. That's the first reason, and how on how we're going to cope when we come back. No, number two, as you pointed out, Harry, you cannot rule Man City out. They will come back. They will come back fighting. They're not going to give up. They're not going to give up this title without without a fight. It's Man City again. They are a great side, and also we've got to be aware of how can I say it. Let's say if Arsenal lose a game, for instance, in January or February, it's about how you bounce back as well. It's about the characters who can bail you out. That's where the characters tested as well. Because you know, Harry, that football is a funny game and things could change so quickly. But at the moment, all Arsenal need to do is keep being grounded, keep going, keep them the, you know, the momentum going and address the issues. If they do that, Maybe towards March or April, I'll probably start believing a bit more. It's just we're in like November right now. It's a little, there's still a long way yeah. to go. There's still a long Absolutely. way to go. There's a lot of games to be, games to be played as well. Indeed. Uh, Wilson, thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, have a great rest of your evening and uh, thanks for tuning in as always. You too. Good night. Take care, mate. That was the brilliant uh, Wilson. Remember, if you want to jump on, if you want to have your say between now and 8pm on the Arsenal, can Arsenal actually win the Premier League? Where are we at in terms of the expectations right now? What do Arsenal need to do in January? Let's talk a little bit of Gabby Jesus. There's so much to unpack uh, as we head into the World Cup. And if you want to join me, all you need to do is click on the link pinned in the comments section on YouTube. Click on that. It will bring you through backstage. You'll pop up at the bottom of my screen and I'll work my way through as many of your calls as I possibly can. But before we dive into the next one, just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, please do leave a like on the video. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you are new. Uh, Des in the chat says, I think that we can't win the title because of Man City narrative is becoming a little bit lazy with all due respect. It's not the only reason that I, I'm not, sure that we can win the title. I'm not saying that we can't. I'm saying I'm not sure at this stage and I'm not allowing my emotional guard to, to drop because uh, that can that can be damaging as we've found out over the years. But yeah, as I say, I think that Manchester City are a factor in this and a big factor in this. People will keep banding around that stat. They keep saying that 10 of the last 13 teams that were top of the Premier League at Christmas went on to win it. The three that didn't, do you know who chased them down? Manchester City every single time. So as much as we're talking about people putting respect on Arsenal's name, and that needs to, to be done, of course, we need to respect Manchester City as well and what they are capable of. Uh, let's bring in our next caller. Uh, welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna Live, Alex. Alex, where are you joining us from, my friend? Hey, Harry. Uh, I'm in New York. Up in Amazing. What time is it in New York right now? Is it, It's earlier, isn't it? It's 2.30. Uh, 2.30. Lovely, yeah. lovely. How you doing, mate? Um, talk to us. What do you want to say? How are you feeling about Arsenal at the moment? I mean, I, what can I say? I can't, I can't say that I feel any better about the team right now. Like, I just can't, like, it's actually, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like this. I started supporting Arsenal probably like 10, 11 years ago. So I can't say I've ever seen a team that has ever clicked this well, like, <laughs> you know, live on TV. You know, obviously, I've gone out and like YouTube and stuff and seen all the clips and all the stuff. But like, it's just absolutely incredible what's going on right now. I mean, Mikel is, I mean, what I guess I want to say is that like, I completely 110% trust in Mikel. Like people are talking about like, Oh, who are we bringing? Who is this? It doesn't matter to me. Mikel's going to get who he wants. And I think Jan people complain about last January. I think January is a perfect example of Mikel. They couldn't get the players they want. So they're not going to spend the money. And I think that after what we've seen last, you know, two seasons or what we've seen this season and all of last season, I can have complete faith in him. If he says last January, I don't have any players that we can sign. I okay, like I agree, I I agree with him. So right now, I mean, it looks like we're going to be spending money in January. I don't really care who we sign. I care that Mikel's in charge and Edu's there helping him along with the process, and that's completely what I trust him. I trust like the, the, everything around the club. I guess I want to say. People often overlook that fact, don't they? That obviously Arsenal. And I don't like, I'm not trying to open up the can of worms about you know that debate about ownership of football clubs, whatever. Look, it is what it is. And as I always say to some of my friends that 
you know, really dig in on, on Man City or dig in on Newcastle because of who their owners are. It's not the fans' fault, right? It's not the supporters' fault, right? There's no Newcastle fan out there that sat there and, and you know, went through the process of selling the club to a, a questionable owner. That's not their responsibility. They They have an obligation, I believe, to raise the issues around that ownership and make sure that they stay conversation absolutely but at the same time they're entitled to enjoy their football club being successful and moving in the right direction i guess on that man i do have one more question like what do you think fsg out means for liverpool in january because they need to freshen up their squad and if they're not going to do that then i mean not only is that good for us because if i feel like liverpool goes and buys a bellingham in january then i feel like they're definitely going to be you know bouncing back they can go on a you know, 13 game winning streak, no problem, and be right back there with the rest of us. So, I mean, I think I just wanted to know your take on the journalist side, what you think that means, FSG going out. It's interesting because because the point I was going to come to is that there are certain ownerships that you have to realise that Arsenal just can't compete with in terms of our operating yes. model and the way we do things. Yeah, you're never going to be able to spend what these clubs spend, right? It's just, it's unrealistic. So there are going to be times where we go into windows and if we've had a heavy window in the one previous, we're not going to be able to replicate that every exactly. single time. And I think that's what happened in January. We went big in the summer. We were planning to go big again this summer, which we did in terms of outlay. And we couldn't do that bit in between as well. As for FSG at Liverpool, I think Liverpool need a refresh big time. I think oh, yeah. that Jurgen Klopp is probably partly culpable for this as well. Now, I'm not knocking him. He's a great manager, but I think he's allowed that rot to set in in certain parts of the team, particularly in the midfield. But FSG have also been an ownership group that have run their club very similar to the way we run ours. And they're not going to extend themselves more than is within their means because they don't have those means. (laughs) FSG are, you know, FSG have got to the point where they probably want investment or mm-hmm. they want to sell the whole club. And we don't really yeah. know what their intention is True. just yet because their statement was a little bit slapdash. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit vague. It was a little bit slapdash. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of taking it back to Arsenal, though, Alex, in terms of yeah. Arsenal moving forward, in terms of what you expect for the remainder of the season, kind of where are you at? Because as I was saying just before, I'm still not at the point where I now expect us to win the league. I don't expect us... To win the league, but I expect us to be there fighting tooth and nail with Manchester City. I think the, the it's the attitude of this team. Every single game they go into it, it's like we can't even. You know, they last game is out of their mind, out of mind, out of sight. They're ready to focus down and perform on the pitch for the next ninety minutes. And I think that mentality is going to be key. And I think that we're probably the only team that has shown that mentality consistently. I think City has had slip ups. Obviously, we've had a slip up to United, but I think that. You know, that gives me confidence to say that I'm confident that we're going to be, you know, around there and challenging them. We still have those head-to-head games against both the games against City. And we played them off of the pitch at the Emirates last season. I'm sorry. I don't care if we lost the game. We should have gotten at least a point out of that game. So I think that, I mean, if you say, if we play, if they come to the Emirates and we're eight points ahead of them, what do you say then, Harry? That's the, that's the key thing for me is why... <laughs> Why I'm kind of starting to believe and almost daring to dream is because we're now in a position where we could lose to Manchester City and still be above them. And that's the kind of cushion you need against a side of that quality, I think. But again, I'm I'm just trying not to get carried away. Uh, Just before you go, Alex, New York, tell us about the support of Arsenal in New York, because over the last few months, I've had so many amazing things sent to me from the US, scarfs from the Arsenal fan clubs. Got another load the other day. Uh, big it's, shout out to Goon Gang. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so funny that you say it because, like, actually, like one of the local bars that, like, just my friends go to a lot is actually like an Arsenal supporters bar. <laughs> so I'm inundated all the time with like all of the Arsenal support around them, and it's like, even it, 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 it's actually crazy because this last year I've seen all of the Arsenal, you know, gear. Street boys starting to wear it on the subway to get on the streets. It's like. There's life in the fan base here again, and it's it's good to see. It's really good to see, honestly, because uh, we should be proud of our club. We should be proud of the fact that you know we support the Arsenal, and yeah, and now they're they're you know earning that support finally <laughs> after all these years. But yeah, New York New York Arsenal board is actually pretty good. Brilliant stuff, Alex. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. Of course, thanks, Harry. Have a good one. Take care, mate. All the best. 
That was the brilliant Alex joining us live from New York. Remember, if you want to have your say uh, in what remains of the show, then please do uh, click on the link pinned in the live chat. You'll find it there. Click over. You'll join us backstage and I'll bring you into the conversation ASAP. Also, make sure you leave a like on the video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. Let's bring in our next guest, a very familiar face in the Arsenal YouTube community. Daniel, welcome back to the programme, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, Harry. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm I'm trying to make sure that I don't get carried away. But at the same time, having had a few years of, of shit, to put it in a, in a better way or a clearer way, uh, I think we have to enjoy this a little bit, Daniel. And I think we, we're entitled to this now. I think we are. I think, I think it's getting that fine balance, isn't it, between daring to dream and keeping keeping it grounded because there's still a long way to go in the season. There There is an incredibly long way to go. And actually, the one time that we don't want a World Cup is now because it kind of kills all momentum. So you, you know, think it's a bad knows. thing, Dan? You think the World Cup I, is definitely a bad thing? I, I think... It, it, I'm sort of 50-50 on it. It could be a good thing in terms of players going off, playing for their country, um, you know, depending on if one of our players comes back a World Cup winner and gets the bug for winning trophies. I think that could be a good thing. But if the players go off and come back with loads of injuries and we're just literally, you, you know, the typical Arsenal way is players to come back injured, then it can be a bad thing. But I just, I don't know, like it's, I think we've got, we've got, some real good momentum and now we it's just stopping and i think that the the question is when we come back how are we going to be i mean there have been signs over the last couple of weeks where we've been still be getting the results but the performances have maybe kind of dipped a little bit as a, as opposed to at the start of the season we were yeah flying high you know you could see like jesus christ we're really all over the place you know we're over every now it's just starting to dip a little bit so maybe the break to refresh might might do us some good are you are you where are you on the confidence scale in terms of whether or not this can actually be sustained i mean this sounds really defeatist right and i'll get a lot of stick for saying this but if we were to finish in the top four, I would be disappointed. Like, and when I say top four, I'm talking, you know, third, fourth. I would be a little bit underwhelmed because of obviously how well we've started the campaign. But at the same time, we'd have achieved, I think, what we set out to achieve. Has your expectation level risen as a result of this really positive start? Or are you very much of the opinion that it's about Champions League football? Let's secure that first and see where we are. I think the way I look at it now, and 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 it might change over time, but I think the way I look at it is we are, you know, we're, when all's said and done, we are overachieving. Now, whether you think we should be at that level because we're Arsenal Football Club, but right now we are overachieving and that's credit to the players because, you know, they've bought in to what Mikel Arteta is trying to do. You think we're the fan base and Mikel Arteta were 18 months ago. Do you know what I mean? And and, and now, you yeah. know, it's a completely different side. I think if we're going to have the chance, we need to keep this lead over Man City because we can't match them in terms of squads. Listen, it's just, you know, you come up against Man City, then, you know, you, we're going to struggle. I think we need at least a 10-point lead over Man City because then that does allow for the fact that we play. We've still got to play them twice. Um, we've still got to actually fit in that game against Everton, which kind of got cancelled because of what went on with the Queen. So we're we're in a really healthy position, and yeah. actually, you know, the fact that psychologically being top at Christmas that that's that's a good thing. Although, you know. <laughs> It's I don't know. It's 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 a lot of ifs, buts, and maybes. And January is key because we we need to strengthen. Last year, 
we didn't strengthen. We didn't, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't capitalize on the opportunity that presented itself in terms of the top four. And it came to bite us in a massive way. Um, you know, not, not just missing out on Champions League football, but handing it to Spurs because they were our direct rivals. And I think we need to learn from those past mistakes. You know, I'm not expecting a January window where we go out and sign another six or seven players. But if we don't bring in one or two of top quality, I, I think I'll be a little bit disappointed because we will have not learned from the mistakes of the past. And I genuinely think we've got ourselves into such a position that the, we can't throw it away. I just hope that the board are looking at this as an opportunity rather than a, a oh, well, we're overachieving. We, we were only expected to get Champions League, but we've done that, so we don't need to strengthen. And that's going to be the key. I hope that they're going, do you know what? We've got ourselves a real opportunity to get to, to win the Premier League. We've not done that since 2004. We could go and we could go and do it here. We could be ahead of schedule. It all depends on how they're looking at it, Harry. It really does. How how important is it that if Arsenal don't go and bring some like enough in terms of players in and you know a lot of people, what do you think we need? Two, three? Where are you at? I think we need I think I think we need maybe I think we need four, but we're not gonna get four in January. So like it's it's just we're we're not gonna get it. I think two in January, I think maybe a winger. We definitely need another winger. Um, we definitely need another midfielder to cover party. Um, but I would say if we can get a winger that can that can help chip in with the goals, I think we're okay in the the midfield this season. And then obviously in the midfield in the summer we can get, you know, we'll probably likelihood is we'll probably get Tielemans. We get him on a free, which saves us a bit of money. Um, and that would actually be a good bit of smart business to do. And then we could maybe look at if, because I'm, I've been disappointed by our second string players, you know, the likes of Enketia, the likes of, um, you know, Nelson. I think, I think the time has come, Harry, and as much as we keep saying it, I think the time has come to upgrade on those players and we keep giving them chances and chances and they're just not, quite doing it and I think it's time to go do you know what we're, we're going to another level and unfortunately you guys are the casualties you're not up to standard I think maybe a, a loan for Laconga. I think he, he's gonna there's a player in there but I think he just needs to go and find himself at a lower level before he comes back to Arsenal so maybe a, a loan for him you know we've seen the loan system work well with Saliba and I think that was the right thing to do with everything that was going on. So I think loaning Lacongra out will do him some good. Whether Tavares comes back after his loan spell and has a future at Arsenal, that remains to be seen. So I think we're in a very positive position. And I think if we do go on and do the unthinkable and win the title, then that's only going to strengthen our position. Also, we will have Champions League football um, and then we can really go. Do you know what? We can go up another level. Let's um, let's get some of the people in the comments' thoughts on this as well, because you mentioned there that some of the squad players are not quite up to standard, and, and I agree that there are some of them that are not not quite at the level required. But I'm always wary, Dan, of judging them too much when they're playing in a, a weakened, disrupted team overall. So I give you a couple of examples, right? So Fabio Vieira has had. Um, significant game time pretty much from the start in two Premier League games this season. In the game at Brentford when Martin Odegaard wasn't fit and he was sensational that day and he scored a brilliant goal. And then last night at Molyneux, he came into the game really early on after Granit Xhaka obviously uh, went down sick. He took both of those opportunities, I would say. I thought he was very good against Wolves last night and I thought he was very good against Brentford. So does that tell us that actually he is good enough if he's got the right surrounding? So if he's in the right team? Because in the Europa League, you're playing with Elneny and Lokonga. In the Carabao Cup, you're playing with Elneny and Lokonga. When you're playing in the Premier League, you're playing with Partey and Odegaard. And that makes the world of difference. Or Partey and Xhaka. 
And I think that you've seen that when he's in the first team, he's a different player. Take that on. Look at somebody like, um, you know, Eddie Nketiah. I think if he had Martinelli and Saka around him, I think he'd be better. I think that you're going to get that, unfortunately. I think the problem is that when you make eight, nine, sometimes 10 changes like he did in the Carabao Cup the other night, you put the team on the back foot from the off. And then you're looking at these young players, these players that are on the fringes, on the peripheries, and you're expecting them to take it up a level. And they might not always yeah. be able to do that. Is that fair? I think the problem is, I, th I think the problem with, let, let's take Fabio Vieira. I think when he came in, he came in injured. So he wasn't able to get a full preseason. And I think what's happened is, and, and, and he has been really good. You know, I was there last night and I was there at Brentford and he was brilliant, you know, absolutely fantastic. I think, I, I think Vieira, he still needs to work on his um, working for the team play a little bit I, I think he is a little bit reluctant in helping out in that respect and we know that Arteta loves everybody to kind of pitch in and 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 help out in certain situations so I do think he needs to improve on that but I do feel with Fabio Vieira is that he hasn't had the full preseason. I feel like he's always been playing catch-up and I feel like the the other players are slightly ahead of him through no fault of yeah. his own but I think it's just the way that the games have been coming thick and fast and because the team has been doing so well and I think Arteta has been reluctant to you know change a winning team which is the right attitude to have so I think Vieira has just struggled a little bit in terms of being able to catch up and I think he's probably been a little bit left behind see Eddie and Ketia I think is a different story I've got to be brutally honest and I I don't want to keep digging this guy out because he has improved in certain aspects, but he's been at the club so long, Harry, so long, and he's had so many opportunities. And if he was scoring like he had been, you know, at the end of last season, I just, I just don't think, you know, if we're trying to go to that next level, I just don't think he is at that level. And I do think that we're going to have to get to a point where we turn around and say, how long do we persist before we say, look, I'm really sorry, you're just not at the level that's required, especially you have to think that we're challenging right now, as it stands, we're challenging for the title. Whether we can stay there, whether we keep it is a whole different kettle of fish. But right now we're challenging for the title and difficult questions have to be asked of certain players. Are you up to the level of sustaining and keeping a title challenge. And I'm not entirely sure that Eddie and Ketia is. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I'm not totally convinced on Eddie and Ketia, I have to admit. So I don't think you're alone in that. I just, I think it's it's, it's a problem that Tottenham have had over the years, right? They've they've had a, a star striker, a key man, a talisman in, in Harry Kane who leads the line. And every time they've gone out to try and bring somebody in to almost play second fiddle to Harry Kane, they've struggled and they've not been able to do it. They've brought in players who weren't good enough. And that is partly because the very elite, they don't want to come in and be second choice. They don't want to come in and be sort of seen as surplus to requirements most weeks. So I think well, what... you don't have, Harry, you don't have yeah. to get the elite to come in. And, and you know, if you replaced Eddie Nketiah with Ivan Tony. That'd be a step up for me, and I would I would actually but take would Ivan that all Tony day long. Join, Dan, would Ivan Tony join on the premise? That I think he would. I'm not sure he would. Come on, going from Brentford to Arsenal, you but think you're not going to play? But he will play. How often he, he will play if he forces him his way into the team? We've seen with Arteta, and I will give Arteta credit for this. If you're playing well, you're staying in the team. And Arteta's not been one, you know, we've seen it before. You know, maybe at the beginning with Arteta, where a player player, they'd be out of form, they'd have one bad game and he'd take him out of the team. He, if you're playing well, you're staying in the team. And and I think he's learned from from his early mistakes as his as his managerial career at Arsenal. So I do think Ivan Tony would, you know, it's a step up from Brentford to to Arsenal. And I think he would get game time you know, in the, you know, the cup competitions. And I think he would play in the league. I think it gives you something different. You know, if Jesus, obviously at the moment, Jesus is not scoring. But if you're in a situation where you need a goal, 
bring Ivan Tonio. I think I think it'd be a good option to have. I don't think you're going to buy the likes of. I've seen people going, oh well, you know, the likes of Osman. I don't think you're going to buy an Osman and he's going to come in and sit on the, you know, he's going to sit on the bench. But someone like Ivan Tony, I think, would come in and be happy to be second string to to Gabriel Jesus. And then if Gabriel Jesus is not scoring, you just bring him on. I I, I get the feeling that Arteta's only bringing on Eddie and Ketia as a substitute because he's got no other option. Yeah, but he's he's chosen to leave himself with no other option. He's loaned Balligan out and he didn't bring anybody in. I think the but, smartest thing for Arsenal to do now, if it were me, and, and just before I go into this point, last call for callers. If you want to jump on before we wrap up the show, the link is in the chat. Click on it now. Bring yourself in uh, because we're going to wrap up pretty soon. But just going back to that point, if if I were Arsenal now and I were going into the January transfer market, and obviously the amount of money that we've got to spend is is limited, right? It's just the way the club operates. We spent a lot again in the summer without bringing an awful lot in. So I expect that we'll only do a big money deal in January if we are 100% sure that it is the right deal and 100% sure that it's worth the investment. So if I were Arsenal now, I'd be looking at the situation and saying, we need a winger and we need a striker. There are a handful of forwards out there, I would say, who could do a job in both of those positions, who you could shoehorn into any one of those positions. So it could bring you back up in the wide areas, but can also bring you, um, you know, that ability to kind of be an alternative to a very good centre forward in Gabriel Jesus. I think that's the way Arsenal have got to look at this because I, I disagree that I, I like Ivan Tony. I do. I think he's a good player. But if you told Ivan Tony you're going to come in and you're going to be second fiddle to Gabriel Jesus, you're going to come on for the last 20 minutes. But when everybody's fit, when everybody's firing, you're always going to be behind Gabriel Jesus, which is ultimately going to be the case because of all the other things that Jesus brings to the team. That's what people miss, I think. He brings so much to the team and so much to our build-up that to just swap him for Ivan Tony, I don't think that works. And I don't think that Ivan Tony would be satisfied with that role. I think he'll feel now that his stock is worth more than that. And he'll want to better his career. And yes, joining Arsenal does that to a degree, but it doesn't, for me, you know, make Harry, the main look, man. Harry, look at Man City, right? Yeah. We, 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 we're taking them as a how many How many point. top strikers have they got? Literally they've, one. Yeah. Julian Alvarez got, is a young player got, making his name. But, but they've got other players, you know, all over the pitch. That that are quality that you could you you could turn around and go, you know, oh they deserve to be in the starting lineup, but they they're not and they're happy to to be in this rotational system because it's you know we always sit here and we talk about Man City having the best squad because they've got quality to replace quality. I think we need to maybe debunk this myth that quality you know quality can sit on the bench if they're getting used then it can work. We've seen yeah, but, it work um, with Man City. The, the, the key point here is that in that rotation, your rotation is between the Premier League and the Champions League. And we don't have that we to win, offer right now. But but the way things are going, if if you're if you're Edu, right, I'd be going to a player and saying, Listen, come in, it's not ideal, but the likelihood is and and this is where I probably will be a bit arrogant. I'll go, the likelihood is we're going to get Champions League football, even if we don't win the league. Because I'd be very disappointed if we missed out on Champions League football with the position we put ourselves in. So at the bare minimum, we're going to get Champions League football. Come in, might not you might not get into the side straight away, but come in and help us achieve what we're on the brink of achieving. And then you will fight for your place. I think that you have to remember, even in the few months that where we are in the league now, we're a more attractive proposition to, to players. They, they're going to look at us and go challenging for the title. Yeah. I'll, I could, I could jump on that. It, I, f I really do think quality would come to us and be happy to be part of the also, rotational system. It would also require big, vast amounts of money. I mean, if you've got a backup striker earning but you can get 200 money, grand though, a week, 
you can get money. You, you can you sell Eddie and Ketia. Eddie and Ketia's like honestly, like the, maybe him signing a new deal like is probably him, a good thing. <laughs> I just I just think we could get better. I think with him, you know, with him signing a new deal, still young, probably he's probably a 50 million pound player in this current market. And and I think that be 50 million Premier pounds. Team, I, I think I think Premier League you could sell him to a Premier League team and I think they would happily sign him. I For think 50 million pounds. I'm not sure I'd pay 20. I think he's a 50 million pound player. Like, like, I think, I think when you you have to understand that the market right now is inflated. I genuinely think that you you would get someone like like a Newcastle that would actually spend that kind of money on him, um, and and for for that project, he would probably fit quite well at a Newcastle. Um, but I just don't think he fits what Arsenal need, and I think I think you could definitely get fifty million if you if you know. Premier League tax and all that, Harry. Do you know what I mean? Like, we could definitely get that. Fair play, mate. Fair play. Dan, thank you so much for joining me, mate. Uh, I'm going to move it on just because I've got a couple more people waiting in the wings. Uh, but thank you, as always, for coming on. Just uh, quickly let people know how they can find you on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Daniel Bailey TV. I'm actually, I've actually taken a few months off because, um, well, uh, my I had to put my guide dog to sleep a couple of weeks ago and everything was just, absolutely crazy but i'm getting back into it now and uh, launching a brand new podcast um during the world cup so so yeah i'm tr- i'm literally so close to 3000 subscribers so if we can get Amazing. there um it would be really good i've been stuck on i've been stuck on nearly 3k for the last 6 months and it's like come on just give me that take extra it, take push it from me to get mate you there. get you get these ups and downs i get it and i'm like wow this is really <laughs> growing and then it's like it's like yeah. just chugging along. It happens. So it come happens. on, guys. Everybody in the chat. I don't know how many's in the chat, but Daniel Bailey TV. Come on, do me a favor and <laughs> please subscribe. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much, Dan. All the best, mate. Take care. Cheers. Thanks, Harry. That was the brilliant uh, Dan Bailey. Let's bring in uh, Delisu. Let's bring in Melvin as well at the same time. How are you doing, guys? Delisu, uh, come to you first, mate. Welcome. Where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from Pretoria in South Africa, Harry. Thanks amazing, for having me. Amazing, amazing. What's the time over there now? It's only an hour uh, different, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's just before 10, 10 p.m. Yeah, in South Africa at the moment, yeah. Nice. How are you feeling about the Arsenal at the moment? It's uh, it's great, isn't it? It's a good feeling, Harry. I haven't had this feeling in, in a very, very long time about, about our club. Um, and um, I don't know. I think uh, from the beginning of the season, ever, ever since we went on that winning run post that, uh, bar that game against Manchester United, you hear you hear it all the time on Talksport. Even in this country, the pundits um, we seem to have answered every question that that we've been asked up until this point. Um, and I mean, I was just thinking to myself um, when we won that game against Wolves. I think a season or two ago, where every single opportunity we had as a club. To, to take the team to the next level when teams in and around us had dropped points we, we didn't take advantage of. And um, uh, it's testament to to how the team has grown. Obviously, we've added in much better quality players, but the mentality as well, you know, I mean, these are, these are young players. Um, and I think uh, I think the acquisition of, of players like Zinchenko and, and Jesus from, from Manchester City, who are, who, who are winners, has done has, has done a lot for 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 our club as a whole. To answer your question, can we win the league? Um, my heart wants me to say yes, but Harry, I can't look. Um, I think the point that you raised a little bit earlier that normally at this stage of the season we've played at least four or five games more than what we've played at the moment. That is a huge factor one cannot ignore. But also, I think. That Boxing Day game against West Ham for me after after everything is going to be a big one because from there we'll be able to ascertain whether we're going to be able to to get back onto this momentum or or or, or, or perhaps where exactly we are at that particular time after the World Cup and not just us by the way um every everybody else because it's going to be like starting the season all over again um you know and. And uh, also bearing in mind, um, you know, are we going to have any casualties coming back from the World Cup in terms of injuries, you know? And um, 
lost in as much as I don't want to say this, but um, you know, because a lot of people tend to raise it, there is a bit of a drop off in terms of um, our second string players coming in, especially uh, in, in, in in critical positions. You know, you I don't want to labor on the Eden Ketia situation because. I, for one, also, um, as much as I love the player uh, as, as a character, he, he seems like a hard worker. But really and honestly, if I'm honest with you, Harry, if we want to move forward, uh, if we want to move to the next level of this club, I don't think Edin Ketia is the person to be there. And I also, Harry, um, you know, uh, Sambi Lukonga as well, I've got my doubts. You know, as I say, there is a player in there, but I think the previous caller hit the nail on the head. It's going to be a situation of how long are we willing to persist? Because, I mean, Samuel Kong is not as young as, as as he used to be. I mean, he's almost 25 years old now. Uh, and players his age are, are starting to to begin to hit what, what more looks like their peak. And I don't think that... Uh, of course, we I knew that when he came over from Belgium that we weren't getting the finished product. But my, my concern is, you know, has he developed enough for us to be able to continue to persist at this particular stage? And and is the pace of the club going to go, going to move quickly? Going to outmove him per se? You know, that that, that, yeah. that, that, that that's my concern. Um, and and are we just filling? Are we are we not? Are we not having a situation where we could bring in a better quality player uh, if 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 we let him go? You know, I know he came in with 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 huge praises from the likes of Vincent Company and a couple of people in the Belgian leagues. But but you know, um, you got to be brutal sometimes, Harry, if you want to move on to the next level. We've built this platform now, and I think Arteta has got every right to go to the boardroom and demand things at this particular point um, because I, I think we've got a great opportunity. So I think I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I have started to believe, uh, but I think I'll be in a better position to, to ascertain our real chances, maybe a, more towards the end of February, early March. Yeah. You make a, a lot of sense there. Melvin, uh, let's bring you in, mate. First of all, how are you doing? Good to see you. How's it going? Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for inviting us all on. Really good. Really good to be here. No, it's great to have you, mate. How, how are you feeling about the Arsenal's chances then of, of keeping this up and continuing this momentum and potentially being in a title race right at the back end of the season? Well, like the gentleman says, heart says one thing, head says another. I think if we are going to win the league, I think we need everything to slot into place. We, we're not in a situation where we can allow for anything to go wrong as far as uh, injuries go, suspensions or stuff like that. And what's be interesting is something does go wrong, how quickly we put it back and get on track again. That yeah. having said, we've had a couple of disappointing results, like we um, obviously Southampton and Man United, we've got straight back on track to a degree. But it is worrying. And, and the obsession, I don't know what it is, perhaps I'm missing something, but everyone says we need a centre forward and a winger. I don't think that is necessarily the answer. I would, and also... I agree that if we're going to get a top, top quality centre forward, he's not going to sit on the bench, Harry. We know that. Yeah. My my ideal thing, we do need a midfielder rather than a winger. So I would love to get someone, probably no one out there, that's a kind of a hybrid winger stroke centre forward, like a Martinelli type forward that can change around. And then, therefore, you don't have to turn around and say, look, if you do play the rest of the season, mate, you're not getting in. You know, if Martinelli doesn't, Get in, you've got a chance. If you do start getting, you've got a chance. The three of you are buying for two positions here, so I think that would be good for competition. It would give everyone the player you've got bringing in will give him. He knows he's got a chance of getting in and playing more than an ordinary substitute. Not like he's a goalkeeper; and you can only play when the goalkeeper gets injured. There's, you know, lot, and also it saves you money because you've then got money to do what I think is more important to a degree to to have a midfielder through place party because you've just said. The gentleman here just said, look, Conga hasn't improved at all. Now then, I don't care what age you are, whether you're 18 or whatever, if you've played the Arsenal for X amount of time, there should be, should be a slight improvement, if not large. And that hasn't happened. In fact, in some respects, I think he's gone backwards when he gets caught on the ball a little bit too much for my liking. He could be a very good player, but we can't experiment now for the rest of the season. We can't do that now. We can't afford to experiment with players. We've got to know that the players we pick will do the job. And I don't think him, for example, fits that role. And going back to the winger, 
I've just seen a change, a little change, because he's got he's been had his injury problems and the confidence has gone down obviously over the years. But Nelson, there might be a player there that is closer to it than any of the other second line players we, we got, Harry. So that might save us a little bit of money as well. So therefore, I wouldn't go out and out and spend a, a whack of money on the winger if you can spend the money on a midfielder stroke winger, centre forward stroke winger, a white man. No, I mean, as far as winning the title goes, yeah, of course, we, we could win it. Of course, we, we could win it when, when we kick off for the 18th of August and whenever it is, every season we could win it. We're, we're, we're a lot um, further down the line. And other teams, there's only like two other teams that I believe can win it, if not us. Obviously, the cities and the Newcastle. Will not Newcastle do it? I think that's a little bit of a bubble. They're playing terrific. But in all respects, I saw them yesterday. They beat Chelsea. They deserve to beat Chelsea. But they weren't anything special. But yeah. they, they, I thought they bullied Chelsea out of the game yesterday rather than beat them on football. And they were at home. So, for me, yeah, Newcastle are very, very good. They've gone up streets over the last 12 months. The manager's done a fantastic job. But I don't think... I know they're third in the league, and they keep saying the league don't lie. Well, we ain't won the titles, so the league does lie sometimes. I don't think they're that good as people think they are. I think they're very good. I think he's done a wonderful job. And if I was a Newcastle supporter, same as an Arsenal supporter, where we both are, I'd be delighted. But I, I don't see them as a problem. I think whatever happens, unless we fall off a, a cliff or something disastrous happens to us, over the World Cup, stroke or other things, I think we're in the top three. And I don't think Newcastle are. That's where yeah, we're I'm, I'm the same. And I've been saying that on the 90 Min show uh, over the last few weeks and, and getting quite a bit of stick for it. I've been saying that as much as I think they're on the right track and they're moving in the right direction and, you know, they deserve incredible praise for the way they've turned the ship around at St. James's Park and not at that level yet. And I still need more convincing that they're going to be there come the end of the season. Um, there's a little bit of chat about the Lakonga point in the comments as well. And, I, and I'll come back to you, Delisu, first on this, because I don't know if you guys saw the, the Arteta press conference after the Zurich game. Um, so after the Zurich game, I asked Mikel Arteta if he thought that Sambi Lakonga had taken the opportunity that was given to him in that game to play in a slightly more advanced midfield role. Because Arteta has admitted in the past that when we brought him it was with the intention of him being the Thomas Partey, that deepest line midfielder. And that over the course of time, watching the way he's been developing, they've decided that actually maybe that isn't the best suited role to him. And so they want to give him a go a little bit further forward. And, and Arteta admitted that to me. And he, he he kind of shut down the question because I said, you know, do you think he took that opportunity? And he said, well, I think everybody took their opportunities. It was as if he was diverting away from actually digging into the Lokonga issue, perhaps that suggests that he's not too happy with him as well. But is are you willing to give him a bit more time, Delisu, if he does play in that, as I say, slightly more advanced position, the Xhaka position, for example? Look, I, I do I do have sympathy for him to a certain extent, Harry, because, I mean, it's become clear that, first of all, he's had to come into the team sometimes to play that Thomas Party role. Um, and um, it's he's just not that type of player, and and, and obviously it's it's very difficult to find a player like Thomas Party anywhere around in the world at this particular point. In any case, but but um, I just I just don't see enough. And also the other thing with with uh, with uh, the Lakonga situation is that um, we sometimes uh, we sometimes want to judge his performances based on. Um, a team that Arteta puts out that's 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 uh, littered with a couple of changes, you know. So um, you'll get that one one or two games in 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 the first eleven, the proper first eleven, um, and when he does, he won't cover himself with glory anyway. Um, but 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 um, I think I think f from a personal point of view, Harry, I've seen enough of Albert Lokonga to say that. Um, he, he, he's nowhere near at a stage of development where he should be right now in any position in the midfield. Um, and and uh, it's not me having any, any vendetta against him as an individual, but if I look at um, where we are right now as a team, as a club, and where we are going, um, and I look at his personal development as a player, um, I, I think there's an incongruency of some sort there. And, and, and at some stage, we're going to need to improve um, and, and I don't think that Lacan was part of that improvement. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Daniel says in the chat, uh, why are we talking bad about players like Lekonga? We're top of the league with this squad. We're not slagging the guy off and, and we've been waxing lyrical about Arsenal for about 55 minutes. Uh, but we did just touch on Lekonga because it's a big talking point, I think. And, you know, when you're at the top and when you're flying, it's healthy to always look at what you can do better and where you can still improve. Because if you allow that complacency to kick in and you say, no, there are no issues. No, we can't get any better. No, we don't need to look at any of these problems. That's where it all falls off. And and that's something that's happened to Arsenal in the past, in my opinion. And it's something that we need to uh, avoid. Um, guys, we're going to wrap it up in just a minute. But Melvin, um, I wanted to get your take on how you think the World Cup impacts. I'm very much of the view that I don't know what the World Cup is going to bring. And so I'm nervous about it because it has the potential to maybe do us good, but it also has the potential to do us harm. Where's your mindset around this World Cup and the timing of it and, and the way it disrupts the season? It's slightly worrying for me because uh, the players, some of them are playing on Monday night, tomorrow night, and they're playing for the English players. Some of them are playing for England in seven days after that. That's not good enough. Before a World Cup, you need a bit of a rest. You need a bit, get your head, you know, you've got to play together a little bit and get, get to know each other again. Just get into the mood, get it right mentally as well and physically. And none of these players are going to have a, a break and it could do damage. I really do because it's a different type of football, World Cup football. Sometimes it's a bit slower, but sometimes it can be more intense. And it's a worry that they're going heavily into this now. And we as a club cannot afford... I know most clubs can't, but most certainly us with the squad we've got, we've seen the difference in the two squads. We can't afford an injury or two. We just can't do it. So I'm very, very nervous. On the flip side, where it might do us good, that some of our players who are not going need a rest. They need a break. And it gives Arteta and Edu a chance to look at the squad, have a little sit down, sit back and think, right, now then, let's do a little bit of work on what we need. We know what we need. Can we get it for January? So it might be a good thing. Every, every team's in the same boat when they come back. If none of our players get injured, I don't think it does any harm at all. I think we'll be fine. As long as we the rest of the squad takes the break and Edu and Arteta can get the one or two players that they might want to get, that'd be fine for us. I'm really not, not too despondent about that. So it's a big word in life, Harry, as you know. But that's, that's why. Um, Delisu, just quickly, your thoughts on the World Cup as well. One of the other things I just wanted to quickly raise was listening to Mikel Arteta talk about what he's going to be doing during the World Cup was interesting because I've spoken to a few managers over the last few weeks, some in the lower leagues as well, who have been very much of the, you know, wanting to put that impression across. I'm just going to be working hard consistently throughout that period, not taking a break, etc., etc. But Mikel Arteta has been quite open about saying, I'm going to have a few days out. I'm going to have a few days in the sun. I'm going to have a few days to unwind. When you're as intense as he is, that's probably needed, isn't it? Totally agree. Totally agree. I think um, you only have to look at uh, Mikel Arteta on the dugout every single game um, to see the intensity. And we, we caught a glimpse, a glimpse of it in the documentary as well. Um, look, uh, the, the World Cup, it's a, it's a bit of a strange one for me as well because it's unprecedented, you know. Also, also the fact that um, um, we we don't know exactly what type of condition the play conditions the players will be when they come back um, you know it it, it, it it could be either or you know but 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 if I look at um, uh, the situation in terms of our squad and some of the players that are not going that are not going I totally agree with the gentleman that some of the guys need a rest at the moment it'll be probably be good for Arteta just to unplug for a little bit recharge the batteries uh, assess the squad and see if we, if we can strengthen in a few places and I'm really hoping that we do and then come back um, and uh, get an opportunity to uh, reintroduce the guys back into the squad, those that will be coming back from, from, from the World Cup, and see if we can jump straight onto that horse. It's, 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 um, the, the, I suppose the one, the one silver lining out of all of it is that all 20 teams in, 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 in the Premier League are going to be going through almost the same thing, you know, because at the, at the end of the day, I think, I think um, especially for the teams that are, are, are probably right up there in, in, in the top half, top half of the table, 
will have some sort of disruption in terms of players that are going to be away on on on, on national duty. Um, it's 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 going to be up to to Arteta and 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 the rest of the managers now to to be able to uh, assess those players that are going to be coming in. Uh, and um, what work can be done with those? I mean, there's a couple of friendlies I know that have been uh, uh, that, that are on the cards for, for for Arsenal. I think there's about three or four friendlies, if I'm if if, if, if I'm not mistaken, just to make sure that um, the guys are not too ring rusty when it's time to get back on to, onto on onto onto the league once again. So, yeah, I think I'm um, I'm hoping for the best. Um, you know, on on the other hand, we we. If Brazil wins the World Cup, for example, and Jesus is the hero, you might come back with an, an appetite to, 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 to come back and perform for us at club level as well. So let's let's wait and see. Absolutely. Uh, guys, thank you so, so much. Really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, Delisu, thank you so much, mate. Um, have a good evening and I'm sure we'll speak soon. All the best, pal. Thanks, mate. That was the brilliant Delisu. And Melvin, thank you so much, mate. Uh, really appreciate you joining us as well. Have a great evening. Same to you, Harry. Thanks for giving us the chance and the fans that come on as well. Thank you very much. We all appreciate oh, good, it. mate. Take care, pal. Brilliant. Those were our final two callers of the night, Delisu and Melvin. Uh, we're going to leave it there. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with some more Arsenal-related content. And a little bit later in the week, uh, we've got a very special guest joining us on the podcast. I'm not going to reveal who it is just yet, but make sure you stay tuned. And if you're a member via the Another Slice platform, you can find the link to that in the description below. You'll get early access to that episode of the podcast. And I promise you, it's a guest you'll want to listen to. Uh, hopefully all goes well. We'll catch you very, very soon. Until next time, take care of yourselves and uh, stay safe. Up the Arsenal, top of the league. Happy days. I'm Martin Tyler. And you're listening to Harry Simeon.